Hello and welcome to the Art of Adoption podcast, a place to share and listen to stories about adoption and to raise awareness and remove any stigma surrounding adoption. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people about how foster care and or adoption has uniquely shaped each of them as they share the good, the not so good, and the art of it all. I am your host, Amber Way. Hey guys, happy St. Patty's Day. Did you celebrate and stay safe? We here in Colorado had a bomb cyclone which really screwed up our plans. We were planning on going to Arizona for spring training. Um, I had never been and we wanted to surprise the kids and then our flight got canceled. So such a bummer, but the silver lining is I never told the kids, so their little hearts weren't crushed, but mine definitely was. So I had to put it back on my bucket list, and we'll try again next year. Let's see, what else? Oh, um, if you recorded with me and you're still waiting to hear your episode, please do not worry. It is coming, I promise. I had recorded so many episodes ahead of time that I am still backlogged, even with this being my 13th episode. Guys, this is like perfect timing in time for St. Patrick's Day, my 13th episode, lucky 13. So cool. But honestly, I still have so many more stories recorded already um, for more foster parents, adoptees, our first male interviewee, and a mother-daughter duo. And I still have the episode of the woman who is anti-adoption, which so many people have asked me about. That one is coming, I promise. I'm trying to do them all in order of when I recorded them so that people are waiting the exact same amount of time, if that makes sense. But anyways, they are all still coming, so just hang in there. Today, we are going to hear from an adoptee. Um, She had always known that she was adopted. That was never a secret. But this past October or November, she met her half-brother, I don't want to share too many details here because I want her to be able to tell her story. And I do want to give you a heads up that we had some connection issues while recording. And unfortunately, I can't always tell until after the fact. So I do want to apologize for that. But you still get to hear the gist of her amazing story. Here is Ginger. So I was adopted as a baby. I was two months old. I was born in October and adoption was final in December. I I never knew my my legal name, but I did find the the court records when my mom passed away a couple of years that she had. So I never knew my legal name that I was born with until just a couple of years ago. When I was pregnant, trying to get pregnant, we had a difficult time getting pregnant. Ginger found out she had a unicornuate uterus. And what that is, is a rare genetic condition in which only one half of a girl's uterus forms. At first, I thought she said unicorn. I was wrong. The doctors thought maybe my mom took a drug that was popular in the 60s that kind of caused some of these things. And so they encouraged me to see if I could find out any medical information. And so I wrote to the um, and social services at that time, this was back in like 91, 92, to see what they had for medical. And I received about three pages worth of information of what they knew at the time and a little bit of history about where my parents were when they had me, um, how old they were, what was going on in their lives, 
how, you know, the ages of their parents and then their siblings. So I had some information. My dad was in the military. My mom was 19. My dad was 20. And they've been dating for a year. We're engaged, wound up pregnant. She decided she did not want to marry my dad. And so she moved to Colorado from another state to live in a home for unwed mothers, which is what they had back then, and worked for a family cleaning their house and then had me in place for adoption. So that much I know. That is something, at least. Ginger always knew she was adopted. Adoption has always been a part of her life, after all. I don't remember when I was told that I was adopted. We just always knew we were adopted. And so... It was never a, you know, your parents sit you down and tell you that. Ginger's whole family, as she knows it, is adopted. Her parents did have two biological children first, two sons. Both were born with congenital heart disease. The older son, Brian, unfortunately died at the age of one. Their other son, Gary, was two when Ginger was born, and he sadly passed away when she was seven. She also has two younger brothers whom her parents adopted as well. My parents were also foster parents and fostered over 140 babies. You heard that right. Over 140 babies. Our whole life was adoption. I mean, it's like we knew about it. We always had babies that were being placed for adoption. And so it was just a very normal part of our lives. So it was never anything odd or weird or, you know, we just always thought of it as being something that just happened. I was always um, very proud of my birth parents, especially my mom, for having the courage to say, hey, all right, it's not the right time for me. And rather than being selfish, that, um, you know, I think my parents were loving enough to say we're going to, you know, give an opportunity to have a family life with another family because we can't provide that right now. And so I just always thought of them as, you know, just being very strong in that respect. I admired them for that. And I think because of that, never had a desire to really meet them because you kind of have this idea in your mind of who they are and you don't want to have that spoiled. With that being said, I assumed correctly that Ginger's adoption is closed. You know, ours was closed adoption, so never knew them. Like I said, never knew my, my birth name until a couple of years ago and didn't know anything about family history until I was married. She talked to me about her childhood growing up in a foster home with all of those babies. She said she never needed a doll because she always had a real baby there to take care of. (laughs) And I asked about any support they received or not. So our childhood, very normal. I mean, we grew up in a blue collar family. And, you know, your question, what kind of support system did you have? I can't say I wished for anything else, but it definitely, I think, probably was supportive and being so surrounded by it that it was very normal for us. My youngest brother, we fostered. His mom had, he was taken away by the state. And then we had him for a while and then she got him back and then they took him away. And so we had just fallen in love with him. And so we adopted him and he was always my baby. Um, And we're very close. So um, although we are six years apart, we've always been very, very close. I don't think any of us had any issues with it at all, just because of the openness 
and the normalcy of it. Ginger said her mom would tell them, you weren't born under my heart. You were born in it. And she and her siblings feel comforted by that statement and love that view on adoption. It is my opinion that it is the healthiest to raise your child knowing their full story, even if the adoption is closed for whatever reason. Ginger has a story of a friend of hers who speaks volumes about what can happen to someone who was raised thinking one thing and had the rug pulled out from underneath her as an adult. So I had a girlfriend in high school who, when she turned 18, her parents sat her down and told her that she was adopted. And poor girl, because it just, I, it just sent her world spinning. And she had received a scholarship to go to Harvard. She didn't go to Harvard. I mean, it just tore her apart. And, you know, for me, coming from a life where, hey, we're all adopted. And, and when she, you know, found out and she was, you know, broken by it. It's like, so what? You're adopted. But it wasn't the fact that she was adopted. It's the fact that she had been told otherwise all of her life. So, you know, I think people can process the fact of being adopted when they know that they're adopted. I think that parents run into issues when they tell them otherwise. She mentioned that within the last couple of years, she found out that her birth name was Susan. It is not uncommon for an adoptive family to pick a new name for their child once he or she is placed with them. And then they will legally change that name and get a new birth certificate at and after finalization. All three of my kids have birth names as well as their forever name. I asked Ginger how she felt about hearing her birth name. That's kind of a hard question because my mom had just passed away. So that was um, I can't really say I processed. In fact, I honestly didn't even remember it. It's like, oh, okay. I was born as Susan. My husband and I kind of laughed at it. My brother was there. Um, and actually, both my brothers were there because we were going through my mom's stuff. And so we found it. And, it's like, and then they're like, do I have one? And I was the only one that had one. They must have changed the process at some point between when I, I was adopted and my brothers were adopted. Or she didn't keep the records, for some reason, she had kept mine. Um, but there was nothing there for, for them. It was just mine. Because they were asking, where's mine? Um, so I think it was just more of, I mean, honestly, it was more of, oh, my gosh, you're not a Susan. There's no way. You're a ginger. I also asked her what advice, if any, she has for parents wanting to adopt and for adoptees. The biggest advice for parents to be open and honest and to let them know you know, where they came from and then to let them know they're loved. The ability to have a child doesn't give you the right to be a parent. Making that choice to adopt shows just that extra love. You know, as an adoptee, you just have to realize that your family is family and that you may have some differences. You know, one thing I always say to adopted children is like, don't, don't ever throw out, you're not my mother or you're not my father because <laughs> they are, <all laughs> so, you know, I think, I think that's it. It's just a family is a family, no matter, you know, who they are. It's like, when, you know, you make your own family, whatever that is, being born to someone doesn't necessarily make you a family. And that brings us to Ginger's 
Could you not? And this one is definitely a new one. <laughs> we have, I have a friend of mine, um, also a dog, and he's much older. He's like in his 70s. And so we always joke because sometimes when you tell people you're adopted, they look at you and, oh my gosh, you don't look like you're adopted. And I've actually had people say that. It's like, oh, really? What do adopted people look like? <laughs> She recalled a few struggles from fostering kids, especially the at-risk children who came from abusive homes. She actually recalled a memory of her having to sit on and hold down one of her foster sisters because she had been so out of control and abusive towards the other kids at times. You know, that's a whole other side of adoption that parents have to be ready for when you take children at risk. And so, and I parents out there that do that. And I admire them for that because we definitely need that. Um, I've been through that. You know, my, my brother ran away when he was 15. Um, I finally, I think 23, 22 parents gave up on him and called me. My mom called me and said, okay, he's, he's in juvie uh, again and we're not going to go get him. So if you want to go get him, go get him. So I did. And I went and got him and he lived with me and I made him go back to school and he did turn his life around, and, and it's funny because a lot of where he is today, he's the president of a big company and very successful, and um, I just saw him a couple months ago, and he says, you know, he goes, honestly, Ginger, if you hadn't have done that, I don't know where I would have been. You know, that's the side that adoptive parents have to be ready for is when you are adopting, and especially children at risk, is to be prepared for the challenges and to love them and go through that all the way, it can be very hard. And I've seen, I've seen the good side of adoption. I've seen the bad side of adoption. Ginger has one son. She had major complications during her pregnancy and delivery, and she decided it was not something she wanted to go through again. She realized that her adoption has impacted him. Even though she never really felt the lack of connection to her roots, he has felt it from time to time. For my son, he... It's probably partially my fault. Tell him, you know, hey, you know what? You're it. You're the only blood relative I have. So if I need a kidney, you're it, babe. But um, he's the one that really prompted this. For years, he's been wanting me to do the DNA to find out his history, like where we're from, you know, and because there's so much you can tell. And I had never wanted to do it. It's like I don't really care. I am who I am. It doesn't matter where I came from. And he had just been encouraging me because he had done this whole genealogy tree on my dad's on my on his dad's side but we had nothing on my side and so I finally at Christmas last okay this is your Christmas present for you I'm going to do this and so that's why I did the 23 and me and for all of you living under a rock <laughs> 23 and me is the at-home genetic test that can provide interesting insight into how your genes may affect your health and it also gives you family connections or ancestry information as well. As you get older, it's like, ah, it'd be kind of interesting to see if I'm predisposed to anything genetically. And did not do it with the intention or the hope or the desire of even finding one. And I almost didn't elect to the relative to do the connection. But when I got the results back and they asked you if you want to do that, it's like that curious side of me said, what if? No, me. 
Always in the back of my head, I had wondered about siblings. It's more about the siblings. It's not about my parents. We could really meet. Her biological parents were very young, so Ginger knew that the likelihood of her having younger siblings was very high. So I did the 23 Me in January, got it back in mid-February, you know, logged in, wasn't at risk for anything genetically, um, you know, 90% European, nothing glaring there. And when I checked on the relatives, it was surprising because like, you have six. It's like, wow, I have family out there. But they were all like fourth and fifth cousins, you know, very far removed. And so I really didn't think of it. And I only logged in to the platform since February. And then in September, I got an email through 23andMe. It said, you have a relative who would love to connect with you. And... I didn't pay much attention to it, and then I finally went in. It's like, okay, I'll take a look at it. And this one I opened up, and it said, you share 31.6% DNA, and we predict AC is your half-brother. And I was overcome with emotion. I started crying right there, and I'm like, why am I crying? Um, but it was just such a shock. I did not respond to the email initially to connect with him because I kind of freaked out. So my husband said, don't answer it, don't answer it. They want something. Because you get in this, the internet is this big bad thing, right? So you don't know what it is. But then Ginger reminded herself that DNA doesn't lie. So I finally did respond, and the email that he had sent was, looks like we're related, tell me what you know, and I'll fill in the blanks. So I'm thinking, what does he know? And so I sent an email back. And, you know, I was born Susan Marie Mayers um, in Denver, Colorado. My mom's name is Jeanette. She was born. My dad's name was Larry. And so he emailed me back. He goes, my last name is Mayers. It's like, what? And so we had figured out we're connected through um, our dad. They went back and forth all day as she tried to get work done. She'd send a message and then he'd send one and so on. But still, she wondered. You know, who are you? And so by the end of that first day, she said, if you feel comfortable, send me your email. Give me your email and I'll send you a family photo. And I said, yeah, I'm fine with that. A recent picture of his um, family, his him and his wife and his two daughters, daughters and then older brother, my half brother Russ and his family. And I looked at it, it's like, oh my gosh, he looks so much alike. So we communicated about a month by email, and then one day I was in Denver traveling, and he sent me a text, and he had never sent me a text before. So then we started texting. Ginger said it was kind of like meeting somebody on a dating app. <laughs> and after texting for a while, he'd asked her if she would be interested in meeting in person. I asked her if she was. So I actually didn't right away. Um, we did FaceTime a couple times. And then I FaceTimed with his daughters. And so then we just kind of went there. I asked her if Mark, her half-brother, or anyone had known about her. She said that her biological dad didn't tell anyone she was born, not even his wife. He had no idea he had a half-sister. 
So after I was born, my dad moved back to Midland, Michigan, where he was from, Mark's mom, and they married a year and a half after I was born and then had three children. He never was to anyone, not even his wife, that I was born. Absolutely no one knew. So when he opened up his app to look at his history and to see he had a half sister, he, I mean, imagine the shock. I knew because I've been on this bus all my life. Always known I was adopted. You just got on the bus. Can you even imagine? I can't. I assume you would have a slew of emotions running through you. Shock, excitement, confusion, anger, more confusion. We progressed through just our conversations. And then I had been very vocal on social media about what happened for me. And then my husband told me, he goes, no, he's going to connect with you on social media at some point. He's going to see all this stuff you're posting there. And I'm like, oh, well, so what? And sure enough, he did. One night, he, I get the friend request. Like, okay. So I sent him a message. I said, hey, I'm happy you know, to friend you, but I said, I have been very vocal on social media, so if you don't want people to see what I'm posting, you need to know that. And if you're not ready to go public, I just want you to know. And he says, no, he goes, I, I think I'm ready to go public. So that did a thing on his Facebook about the discovery of me. And it was funny because then social media is absolutely amazing because his family is all on social media, the, the, the uncles, the cousins, I mean, everyone. And so when he posted that, my phone blew up with cousins texting me, oh my gosh, I think I have a picture of your mom. I remember when he came home one time and I started getting all these pictures from my dad, about my dad. So my dad passed away 20 years ago. So he's been gone for a long time. And so I, we think we have pictures of my mom because my dad did bring, as um, Cousin Bob says, a lady friend home one time, which was in like January of 62. And I was born in October of 62. And so, yep. And then there's, there was one picture of a woman in my dad's scrapbook from the military and it matches the woman that he brought home. And that was from 61. And I've had several friends look at the picture. It's like, oh yeah, that's your mom. She looks like you. Wow. Ginger said that picture finally gave her something to connect her to her birth mom, which felt great. For my birthday, which was in October, Mark actually sent me the picture in a birthday card, which was so sweet. So we decided we wanted to meet. I have um, a client in Denver, so I'm in Denver every month. He needed to make a business trip to Denver, so we just coordinated that we'd go early and spend the weekend together, which was last weekend. They had flown in late, so they were at a different hotel than we were. So when we walked in to pick them up, I, I wasn't going to do the whole video recording thing because I thought it would be intrusive. And then my son actually said, are you going to do a video of it? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. And he goes, I'd kind of like to see. And I said, really? 
And he goes, yeah, ask Mark if he's okay with that. So I'd sent Mark a text and he goes, he said his wife had asked him his kids the same thing. And I'm like, I'm fine with it. I don't care. We had our spouse's videotape and I'm so glad we did because it, it was a great moment. I mean, it really was a great moment. And, um, yeah, when we, I mean, look at him, we just looked at each other. I was like, oh my gosh, there's no question we're related. And I was telling a girlfriend last night, I was talking about the experience. I said, and it was, you know, probably just cause I knew, I don't know, but it just seemed different. You know, just being around him seemed different than with anybody else. I don't know if it's a DNA thing, a nature thing, and my head thing, but it just seemed different. I asked her what she meant by different, if she could put it into words. Just comfortable. It was just a different feeling. I mean, it just was, it was a different feeling. It was, uh, I don't know if it was a closeness. It was almost, and this is going to sound weird, it was like a smell. It was weird. I find it fascinating. I asked her if she picked up on any similarities they shared, even having not grown up together. The whole nature versus nurture debate. Yeah, and this, yeah, a lot of similarities as far as habits that we have in terms of just thinking. Uh, and amazingly enough, a lot of the same child rearing habits and thinking about, you know, child rearing and things like that, very similar. Similar mannerisms, yeah, in the way we walk, kind of in the way we talk, and our sense of humor, most definitely. My dad, I guess, was quite an artist. None of us got that gene, so everybody's asked, are you an artist? No, not an artist. I wish I would have got that, but, you know, so little things like that. So, yeah, so, I mean, that part of it, I never anticipated being as thrilled about this as I was. Ginger doesn't know if searching is the right thing for everyone to do. She leans towards no. I wouldn't encourage anybody to go out and do it. My brother went and found his birth mom, and we kind of knew that was going to be a train wreck just because of his background. And it it wasn't a train wreck. He was happy with it. When he turned 40, he decided that that was something that was on his list, that he wanted to meet his birth mom. So he hired a private detective. They went and found her. He has several siblings and one had committed suicide and then they started asking him for money and so it was not a pleasant experience for him. Not every time will it turn out wonderful and I think my husband was very concerned about that given the history my brother had had. You know, he's like, you know, I, I don't know if you want to do this because your life is fine right now, not knowing. I don't know that I would encourage anybody unless they just feel that that's a part of them that's missing. I wondered if she felt like that part of her was missing. I never thought it was a part of me that was missing and it wasn't ever missing, but I'm really happy that I found it. Ginger has slowly been connecting to other members of her biological family and continues to do so today. I've talked to my half sister. That was kind of a strained conversation and I figured it would be, I mean, she was the only girl. She was the baby. So here now this other girl comes along that they never knew about. So that's very normal. And then my the older brother, Russ, he's connected with me on Facebook and LinkedIn, but hasn't reached out to talk to me. And like I've told them, I said, you guys, whatever, you know, if you want to talk to me, fine. If you don't, fine. I'm not asking for a relationship, but Mark is the one. And it's funny that he was the one that did the DNA, which is funny that how it prompted it because their mom had shared with them last year 
that she had just found out when her dad passed away that he wasn't her real dad at 70 years old. And so she had shared it with her kids and that's why they did the other one, the Ancestry first, and then they did the 23andMe after that because they didn't really get a lot of stuff out of Ancestry, I guess. And had he not done the 23andMe, we would have never connected. But it's just so weird because I did it this year, he did it this year. He's the one that's the most open. He had all of my dad's pictures from the military, which was when my parents met. I mean, it's just kind of weird how it works out. I was telling a girlfriend the other day, it's like, I don't know what the universe has in mind over this, but it definitely happened for a reason. You know, for me, honestly, Amber, it's been the adoption process has been wonderful. Finding my half-brother has been wonderful. And, you know, so I guess probably my best advice is to be honest and open as a parent, let your kid know what's going on, and they'll be okay with it. If you're okay with it, they'll be okay with it. But then also, you know, whatever path they want to take, support them in that, because we always felt, and I know when my brother went to find his birth parents, my mom felt a little slighted. And I think as a parent, if your kid wants to find out some about their history, to be open and honest and supporting with them with that, even if maybe you don't feel that way, because that is their journey. And I think everybody has to find their own journey and it's gonna be different for everyone. Keep them safe if it is an open adoption. So I think using good judgment in that and not not taking it personal as a parent on what your kids may or may not want to do, but just protect them. I agree. Ginger is an author. She has written mostly books about business, but since sharing her story about reconnecting with her biological family, she said, Funny because I've had a lot of people since I've been on social media, it's like, you need to write your story. And when we were in Colorado last week, they, they wanted to go to Denver. I'm like, Denver is not an intimate place to go to. And we need some place where we can go and maybe walk around and sit and have coffee and things like that. So I said, let's go to Boulder and then let's go up to Estes Park. And so it was a beautiful day last Saturday. We walked around um, Pearl Street, went to the Boulderado and had breakfast and, you know, just chatted. And then we went up to Estes Park and we got up to Rocky Mountain National and there's snow on the ground. And we stayed at Fawn Valley at Estes Park, which is an, you know, older like condos thing. Um, and it started snowing and we woke up to about three inches of snow on the ground. And then we went to the Stanley and there's all these Christmas trees up. So we kept joking. It's like, oh my gosh, we're in a Hallmark movie. It's to- It was totally a Hallmark movie. And uh, my brother Mark, he's like, if I see Ed Asner walking around out there, I'm going to really freak out. <laughs> For the record, they did not run into Ed Asner. <laughs> I mean, it, it truly was just a, a wonderful experience. And so I've had a couple of people say, you need to write your story. You need to, you know, write it down. Because I always, I always say hashtag finding Mathers, which has been my social media hashtag. And so who knows? Maybe, maybe I will write it. Because I think there are a lot of stories out there to be told. I don't know that mine's the only story. You have a story. Your kids have a story. We all have a journey we're on. So we have a choice of enjoying the journey 
and taking our lessons from the journey or not. Even in the challenges that we have, there are lessons to be learned and there are joys to be found. You know, I think it's just a matter of looking at that and enjoying, you know, as it goes along and, and you know, loving on those babies because, you know, they, they grow up so fast. Yes, love is lovely when it starts. Come with an open heart. When my mom passed away, I wanted to get, you know, some kind of special jewelry or something that would allow me to, you know, remember her. And I found this really cool, it was a charm you put on a necklace. And it has a solid heart. And then in front of the solid heart is just an outline of the heart. And so I wear that, you know, it reminds me to love with all my heart, but with an open heart. And I think that's adoption. You know, you have to be open because, you know, with my siblings, there were many, 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 many challenges. And you can have that with your own kids too, but I think you run a greater risk with adoptive children and maybe not knowing what they bring with them. And so you have to love with an open heart. And I think that's what adoption is all about, is being able to love with your whole heart, but love with an open heart. Thank you, Ginger, for sharing your amazing and unique story with us. I wish you all the luck in your new chapter with your biological family members. Please keep us posted. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Do you have a comment or questions about today's story? If so, you can find me on Facebook at the Art of Adoption Podcast or on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can also email me anytime at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com or you can leave a message by calling 720-722-2839 and you may hear your question answered on the show. The theme song, Forever Home, was written and produced by my friend, David Other. Find him on Facebook or at davidother.com. Artwork, production, and editing of this show is done by me, Amber Way. Tune in next week for another unique story. And please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. If you enjoy what you hear, tell your friends about it. And please rate and review me on iTunes, hopefully with five stars. And since it is St. Patty's Day, which happens to be one of my favorite holidays, I leave you with this Irish blessing. May love and laughter light your days and warm your heart and home. May good and faithful friends be yours wherever you may roam. May peace and plenty bless your world with joy that long endures. May all life's passing seasons bring the best to you and yours. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye.